0: Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel, a Quantum Leap podcast with Sam and Dennis. We are coming to you from our top secret headquarters at Project Quantum Leap, but you can find us online at fwwquantumleappod.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Fate's Wide Wheel. And please do us a favor by hitting the subscribe button on iTunes. Hello, everybody. Hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. (laughs) Let me hear Current time zone is. Uh, we Welcome are back here at Project Quantum to, Leap to discuss uh, the leap back. And um, speaking of back, let's walk yeah exactly back. fitting fitting enough that we do have uh, joining us once again. Um, although for our listeners, they wouldn't know it except for the uh, poor editing job, hasty editing job that I had to do last time around. Uh Karen Saxon, thank you so much for joining us once again.
1: Oh, thank you for having me back. Thank you for coming. And back. I have to, and I have to say um I thought the editing job was great.
0: Oh, well, it thank you. It was very you. good. <laughs> I you know, it's the strangest thing because I I I hated that I had to do it. It was it was there was a part of me that just loathed the fact that that was, you know, what ended up happening, especially knowing that it was something that would have been avoidable had uh, I not just recently updated my computer, and for whatever reason, it decided to not uh, allow me to do the things that I normally am able to do. So it was very frustrating, to say the least. So to bring uh, listeners up to speed, in case you're just jumping in, so Karen
2: had guested on our last episode, Shock Theater, uh, or had tried to guest, and then we had some technical uh, glitches, we didn't get her side of the conversation, and... Uh, we couldn't find the time to re-record the episode, and we just wanted to get the episode out. So Sam uh, did uh, a pretty fantastic job of editing the episode to make it sound like it was just a conversation between us. Uh, and unfortunately, we edited Karen's part out. <laughs> uh, but you had mentioned while we were recording that episode that you had also had an interest in guesting on... This episode for the leap back as well, right? So uh, it just worked out. So we have you back on this one, and hopefully, knock on wood, uh, the recording will work out well for this one.
1: Oh, that's right.
2: Happy birthday, by the way, Karen. Thank you for
0: yay.
2: Thank you yay. for joining thank us, you. us two shubs
1: <laughs> here. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, we're
2: jumping into the fourth season premiere.
0: That's right. Yeah, the leap back, um, and particularly exciting to talk about this episode, um, for lots of reasons. Um and, and I think we've got a lot to say. I know Dennis has a lot to say. He's been telling me for weeks now that he's got a lot of feelings. So, I got some feelings um, about this episode. <laughs> before we get into all of Dennis's feelings, let's talk about the leap back directed by Michael Zinberg and written by Don Belisario. Of course those are two very familiar names to us. Uh, you know, Don Belisario being the creator of the show, um, and Michael Zinberg having directed a number of episodes um, of, of not only Quantum Leap, um, but other Don Belisario shows like JAG, for instance. Um, some of his other episodes of Quantum Leap, of course, happen to be um, The Leap Home Part 2, which is a particular favorite of ours here at uh, Fates Wide Wheel. I almost forgot the name of our podcast for a second. Man, I'll tell you what, it is just all shades of weird in my brain today <laughs> and I do apologize. Uh, good morning, Peoria, MIA. Uh, he'll go on to direct a couple of more episodes after this, uh, including Raped and Stand Up, uh, which we'll talk about Stand Up, believe it or not, a little bit more later. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Don Belisario has written a number of episodes, um, a lot of the big ones, uh, obviously the pilot episode, uh, also um, "Leap Home" Part 1 in part two, and uh, has the honors again for the season premiere. Uh, our leap date is June 15th, 1945, um, to date, the earliest that we have ever been. And uh, the episode originally aired on September the 18th, 1991. Uh, and, and Sam, well, Sam has not really leapt into anyone. Sam, Sam is Sam. <laughs> uh, but Al, on the other hand, has leapt into Captain Tom... Jarrett. Mm -hmm. Um, Once again, we get a Tom. Um, One item of note that is interesting and could just be IMDB being stupid is that the character of Tom Jarrett and the mirror image, apparently, uh, they have a link to it appearing in the very first episode. Now, I don't know if the actor was actually in the episode. Um and, and playing a character named Tom Jarrett, and we just never noticed it, but that is what IMDB is trying to tell me, oh, that Dean Denton was in Genesis playing a character named Tom Jarrett. Interesting. Uh, it says it, he was uncredited. I don't know if this is true or correct or not. So, so here he, you go, Dennis. So here's what about t- TV yeah, Guide? so let me
2: take give you the TV Guide description, and then let me give you an additional bonus thing. This is another weird glitch thing that I've noticed that I thought you were going to point out, uh, but I'll point it out. Uh, but the TV Guide description. Uh, aftershocks from a previous leap caused Sam and Al to trade places. Sam is bumped back to his present, and Al leaps into a returning World War II POW. That's pretty straightforward. Really no yeah. no puns, no, no funny business there. Uh, so here's the thing that I have seen in almost every uh, TV Guide description, newspaper description, and it was even on Hulu, when I rewatched this episode recently, almost all of them misidentify this episode as taking place on June 15th, 1999. Oh, interesting. They merge the two dates together in almost every TV guide-esque wow. listing that I see.
0: That is that is actually kind of fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Especially with how crazy and screwed up time is, basically, because uh, in addition to um, in addition to... This episode being June 15, 1945, there is also September 18, 1999, given as the future date slash Sam's present, which uh, gets confuddled and confused because in Lee Harvey Oswald, which is a season later, uh, the present slash future time is given as February of 1999. And then, if we skip forward (laughs) all the way to the series finale in Mirror Image, the present slash future time is given as 1997.
2: So. so, it's all over the place. And this is, uh, I'm just noticing this in Matt Dale's book, even the first version of the Quantum Leap book mislabeled this episode as June 15th, 1999. Interesting. It was corrected in the,
0: in the updated version, the complete Quantum Leap book. And then, of course, if you take Gushy's, uh, you know, 54 years, 7 months, and 6 days, The letter (laughs) arrived thing, uh, it would actually mean that the letter arrived uh, in like. It's like February of 2000, as opposed to September of 1999. We are just all over the place. All right.
1: You'd think they could have. done that research right they're gonna get that specific come on right. <laughs> you gotta do
2: right. so let's in, uh what are our, our initial memories our initial impressions from this episode from from when we were younger
0: karen please take take the honors we've we've yeah. not been able to hear your voice as we should have <laughs> so go for it
1: um so i mean similar to you know what i said about shock theater i this is an episode that i know i've watched uh you know many many times so i knew exactly kind of what was going to happen i you know i could quote it i could you know i kind of go through it with uh with all of you know with the characters and everything so i mean i basically remembered pretty much everything um you know some of the bigger moments um were the um you know the 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 two times where he realized you know the first time where he realized that he's in the imaging chamber you know and he's home um the time where he remembers Donna, um, and, you know, has, you know, getting, waiting for Al to drop the letter into the mailbox. And then of course, all the time that he's in the future, um, you know, I kind of remember, you know, you know, finally, you know, being like, oh yeah, we finally, you know, kind of meet all these people that we've been hearing about and, um, you know, what it's like, you know, being excited to, you know, see what it was like in his time.
0: Yeah, um, I think, to to kind of piggyback on what you're saying, those are definitely the things that stood out strongest for me as well. Um, You know, the the memory of Donna, um, you know, stepping out of the imaging chamber. um, In some ways, it's funny, the memories that I have of the episode almost lead to some of my disappointments with the episode Mm -hmm. now, Um, whereas I remember watching it when it originally aired and being just, so excited, um, for so many reasons. But I think, to be completely frank, that even 10-year-old Sam was a little disappointed with the episode. Um, I, I think that there's a certain status that it holds as far as being iconic within the context of the series Mm -hmm. as a whole, for good reason. But, um, I do think that ultimately, you know, even... Even as a 10-year-old, I was a little disappointed with Mm -hmm. with parts of it. One other thing that I remember stood out to me um, big time, uh, and and obviously Dennis and I both share this as well, being a big Back to the Future fan, I had seen um, Back to the Future 2, Back to the Future 3 in theaters. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't see Back to the Future 1 in theaters. It's a damn shame. But anyway, I did see uh, 2 and 3 in theaters, and uh, the device of Sam coming up with saying, you know, let's mail the letter, uh, to Project Quantum Leap and that'll tell them to open the door. Um, you know, stuck with me uh, as well as whether it was an, an intentional nod or not, but certainly made me think of Back to the Future, uh, part three. So, um, well, part two, I guess, depending on your perception <laughs> of it all. But, uh, yeah, those are things that definitely, uh, I think stood out, um, in my memory. Dennis, what about you? Uh, I have an
2: interesting tangent story about Back to the Future and how I view the movies, but I'll hang on till the end of the episode uh, in case okay. listeners drop off then because it's a weird tangent. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I, a lot of what you said, like all the the iconic moments of this episode, I loved this episode when I was a kid. Uh, mm-hmm. This is probably one like I watched over and over and over again, and very much like <laughs> shock theater, gun in kind of my head, I could recite this episode verbatim. Yeah. Uh, if I was disappointed in anything in the episode at the time, is that Sam doesn't get out of the imaging chamber until halfway through the episode. Mm-hmm. And right. I, and yeah. I really wished it would have been a two-part episode. I really wish yes. like they even, like, it, had they done if this, you know, if, if TV was more serialized, then I really would have liked for them to do like a two-part or a three-part episode and show Al doing like two or three different leaps. Uh, my favorite memory, uh, or my most interesting memory of this episode is that there was a commercial for this episode, um, that I tried to see if it was on YouTube before we started recording it. It's not on unfortunately, but it talks about like an all new episode of quantum leap four years in the making, blah, 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 blah. Um, somewhere recording something else off of TV when I was a kid, my mom recorded another TV program that this commercial got caught up in <laughs> during one of the breaks. And so, a year or two after Quantum Leap was canceled, she was watching this other thing on oh, tape. Oh, man. And so, from <laughs> my bedroom, I hear a brand new episode of Quantum Leap. <laughs> oh, man. And you have never seen a fat kid jump out of his bed so quickly (laughs) and run into the living room to see what this new episode of Quantum Leap was about. Oh, man. And it was just a repeat. It was just, (laughs) this is what it was talking about. Makes me sad
0: for you. I am so sad. But anyway, so those are, (laughs) well, those are my initial memories. You know, you hit on something, and and Karen, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too, because Dennis and I were talking about it um, even earlier, that this episode certainly feels uh, like it could have been, and as much as I'm usually loathe to use the should word, because, you know, what do I know, it feels like it should have been uh, a two-parter. Because the amount of time that we get to spend at Project Quantum Leap and the amount of time that Al spends in the past sort of building the stakes of the leap are woefully inadequate for the dramatic stakes and tension that I feel like the episode could have had if we had gotten two parts as opposed to one part what do oh, you f- yeah,
1: I, I, yeah, I totally agree because yeah. yeah like you know like you said, Dennis that, you know, he take he spends half the episode trying, you know, getting there. And then he's, it seems like he's there for such a, such a little amount of time. Like he's there that night and he spends the night and, he, and the next morning he's leaping back already. Like there wasn't, I mean, a lot, and a lot of the things that, you know, he, he says just for, um, you know, Oh, I've been working on this problem. I now know how to leap into Al. Like that like right. has been yes. explored a lot more if You know, if they had more time, so totally, there were so many different things that you were like, wait, you know, there were, there are so many things that just, you know, happened in a split second that they could have definitely expanded it and, and really done a good job with, you know letting us know how
0: that actually happened how they actually did Did it. Yeah, Yes.
2: That, that plays into my, my, my detailed fan wank that I'll save for the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I, you know, I don't even know if you need to save it though, because honestly I think it's worth going and just kind of jumping into right now since we're on the, the, the topic, because one of the things that they feel like when Sam mentions that and then we do get him actually leaping into, uh, Al uh, which is something that, up until now, you would think would have been virtually impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, that the the rush of it being because Al is about to die, you yeah. know, fifty four years ago. Um, it, it, it's 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 sort of like, why, why is that an issue? If you're traveling through time, it doesn't matter if you do it today or two weeks from now, like you're going to get there and he's still going to be alive. Now, if they would have decided to, and obviously this is something that doctor who uh, has not always done itself, but you know, certainly something that the new series, and and it was, it was something that they talked about in the original series. So I don't want to make it sound like it's exclusive to the new series, but the new series has explored it even more is that, you know, certain, points in time are fixed and, and like once they happen, they happen and there's nothing that can, can be done to change them. And if there would have just been some sort of, you know, sci-fi bullshit explanation that Sam would have given about that, You know, have to do it at this time. Exactly. Like if I don't go back there right now, like these were, we're running parallel to that timeline because of the nature of project quantum leap or something. And it's a fixed point. And if Al dies, he really dies and there's and Mm -hmm. I I can't go back and stop it. You know, something like that because as it stands, it just feels so weak and it feels like why, what does it matter? If, he, if, he, if you go into the you know accelerator now or you wait a couple of days to figure out the retrieval program or whatever. And I don't mind that retrieval program not working. Of course it's not going to work. Right. because then, Although, I do have to say, there was a part of me as Sam was going back into uh, the accelerator that thought, Man, what if they would have been able to retrieve him? But Sam just decided out of his Boy Scout nature that now that we've figured this mm-hmm. out... I should just get into the accelerator at the beginning of every episode every week sure. and go try and fix things, you know? Yeah. That's I don't know.
2: Anyway, Dennis. Yeah. So th- and, th- and that's a, I mean, to talk about that, it's uh, Sam rushes out, and, and, you know, Karen, you brought up, like, he just pulls out of nowhere, like, his subconscious has been working on how to do a targeted lead for the last four years. And also, uh, Donna says, like, you know, how are we going to get you back? And Sam brings up the retrieval program. Right. Adonna points out it didn't work the first time you leaped. And Sam says, I've updated it. He has been home for 12 hours. <laughs> All right. The majority of that time he was spent having long overdue quality time with his lost wife. When did he have a chance to update the retrieval program? Unless he's lying. <laughs> mm. And he's just pulling that out of his butt
1: that's interesting. So here, yeah. Cause that, go ahead. I wonder what the, I, I just wonder what the retrieval chances like were, if they were only 9% when he updated it, how, you know, what were the chances before that? So maybe you're right. Maybe it he didn't des- update yeah. it at all.
2: Um, and so, yeah, we're talking about, you know, like uh, Sam, you're talking about like, yeah, what, like, what is the rush to go save Al? Like we talked about before, like the, the time travel trope of San Dimas time. And that's what this trope is. It's, it's this, uh, uh, this fake sense of urgency between two time periods when it doesn't make sense because you have a time dis- a time <laughs> machine at your disposal, like I said right. it would be really interesting if they could come up with some uh, some interesting reason why that if you don't do it right then and even though you do have time at your disposal, I mean something about like the true nature of death and Al's soul being lost. I don't know, something, some BS like that. (laughs) Oh, my God. Maybe. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, so here's my fan wake. If they wanted to do two episodes of this, here's how they could have done it. Everything is exactly the same until Sam comes running out of the imaging chamber to leap. Everybody goes into a tizzy. Tina goes off to get the Fermi suit. They're rushing. And Donna's like, what the hell are you doing? And Sam says what he's doing. And Donna brings up two interesting points to him. One... Al's already dead, so there's no rush. Right. Two, he can't leap into Al because they don't know how to do a targeted leap. Yeah. And so part one ends with Clifford pushing the car over the cliff Mm -hmm. with Al in it. Part two starts off a year later at Project Quantum Leap. In the last year... Sam and everybody Mm -hmm. else there has been working tirelessly to update the retrieval program and to figure out how to do a targeted leap. Sam and Donna's marriage is strained because this is all that Sam is working on. And when Sam is done, supposedly, he is going to leap out again and he is going to leave her once again. So a lot of this episode is Sam and Donna having this conversation of Sam is just going to leave her all over again. Right. And then we can have some interesting conversations where Sam can throw out, you know, the first time I leaped, you weren't here. Because in Mm -hmm. the original history, Donna wasn't there. That was a change that he made in Starcrossed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Although, you know, the really funny thing is, is that's never explicitly stated. That, no. So it does it does almost make you wonder. It, that, that That's something I think that fans have always come up with. And maybe, you know, Belisario has confirmed that in a fan convention at some point or whatever. But the fact is, is I would contend that there is a 50-50 that when this episode aired and when it was written, that the idea wasn't that Sam had changed... Things in Star-Crossed, but that there was nothing to change.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That he was misremembering things because of his Swiss cheese memory, and that there was nothing to change. That Donna had been there the whole time,
1: right? Or he he rem- or she did leave him at the altar, but then a, co- a year later she realized her mistake and came back. And you know, like, so he remembered her leaving him, but he didn't remember her coming back to him, or something like that, oh. right?
0: Right. I don't because
1: like, I mean, I always yeah. I mean, I always assumed that. He did change it in Star Cross. Of but, but, like you said, it's not, it's never, unless, you know, Belisario did confirm it, it's never really confirmed. We just assume that he changed it. But then there's also that other chance that, well, maybe she was always around.
2: I've always felt like in Star Cross, there's a moment where Alcy, when Alcy's Donna for the first time, he has some line like, oh my God, it is her. And Dean Stockwell, like, puts, like, this animosity into the line. Mm-hmm. Mm. Where I've always felt like Al had never forgiven
0: Donna for leaving sure. his best friend at the altar, and that and like I said, that could very well be. I'm just I, I'm just saying that I think it's interesting that there is no confirmation. There's no like strict confirmation of saying like Sam right. changed things in Starcross and that's why Donna's here. Absolutely, yeah. And it's wonder- treated like and 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 as it probably should be. It's treated like she's always been there. Yeah. But the thing that makes that interesting to me is... Alright, here we go. Now, now sure. we're really going, on. <laughs> because right? here we go. Because the thing that makes that really interesting to me is that Sam, as the very nature of Project Quantum Leap has dictated, is that Sam and Al, for that matter, would know that she has not always been there. Sure. <clears throat> like, Sam and Al know that there was a time when she it had changes. left him at the altar. That, that, yeah, they they can understand the changes. They know the changes. Ziggy would know the changes too. Sure. Which maybe that's why Ziggy's so catty with Sam. I don't know. Point is, is that they would be aware that Donna had not always been there. And so I think that it's another, it's a nitpick. It's a nitpick because I know it's not the point of the episode at all. But why the hell wasn't that something that was at least touched upon? You know? So I think the reason that they didn't touch on it is, one,
2: they would have had to bring viewers up to speed. If they had hmm. never seen that episode, especially confusing because Terry Hatcher had played Donna in Starcross, and they weren't able to right. get Terry Hatch- Hatcher back. So to like to bring everybody up to speed and to clarify that this was you know the same character, different actor, blah 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 blah. Back in a time when serialized television wasn't much of a thing, at least in prime time, maybe they figured just gloss it over. The diehard fans would get it, and sure. everybody
0: else would just. Catch up, right? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm not, I, I, yeah, I. It, 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 and, and you know, the, the, the thing about that is, and the reason why I have no quibbles with your, your, um, you know, fan Oh, I have more. Yeah, yeah, we'll get I back can't to wait, it. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear it. But, but the thing is, is that it, it's true. You know, you, I mean, looking at the, the at the show within the limitations of when it was written and when it was created, that. There are hardly any programs, especially any... major network programs that would have taken a chance, like what you just said. Because even at the time when, like, Star Trek did an episode where it seemed like shit was crazy and taking place, you know, a year from now, or the Enterprise, you know, was going to be destroyed or something like that, they hit the Star Trek reset button at the end of the episode and everything was back to normal. Sure. And I don't think they could have chanced doing something like that with Quantum Leap. And it's weird because as much as they sort of lean into some of the time travel stuff within the context of this episode, we know that the show ultimately isn't really a time travel show. No,
2: yeah. Um, Yeah, they were, I mean, definitely, yeah, this episode was definitely stepping out of (laughs) format. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so to continue my fan (laughs) wank, so yeah, so Sam and Donna are at odds with each other, and meanwhile, there's also the, Tom Jarrett is in the (laughs) waiting room. yeah. Tom Jarrett has been a POW for 3 years. Oh man. Oh man. And now he's been sitting in the waiting room for a year. Yeah. So there I mean I mean we could there could be some great drama like I just a great scene between him and Verbena Beeks where he talks about what bullshit this is. Right? Because he got to figure at some point they had to bring him mm-hmm. up to speed and tell him what was really going on, yeah, and then what how the episode eventually ends is that they figure out how to do a targeted leap, but they haven't figured out the retrieval program yet. But the government comes in, and it's kind of an echo of what they were saying like back in the first season, where Sam had to leap or they were going to lose funding. Mm-hmm. So the government comes in and is basically going to shut them down and it's like a now-or-never kind of thing. Yeah. And so Sam can leap into Al, but the retrieval program isn't ready yet. He leaps. Save Al's life. He's lost again. But maybe this time the episode ends with Donna saying, I might Mm -hmm. not be here when you come back. Yeah. So that's my fan wink.
0: Yeah, um... Donna. Let's <laughs> talk about Donna. <laughs> okay. right. Um I so kind of tying into all of that, does she is she aware that Sam basically manipulated one of his leaps in <laughs> order to ensure that, that they would get married? Uh
2: That's a great question. I mean, you would have, I, I don't know.
1: <coughs> I would think not. But then... Although they were monitoring, I, although they I were, mean, mo- well, she wasn't there when they were monitoring that leap, right? So.
2: Right. She,
0: she would think been. so.
2: No, I feel like there was one novel that uh, kind of touched on Al's experience of stepping out of the imaging chamber at the end of that leap and walking into the control room when mm-hmm. Donna was there. And him being the only one who realized that history had changed.
0: Yeah, you know, the thing that the novels do that's actually very interesting as it pertains to Donna, and and I don't think it does, they don't do this actually with Tom, because Tom is, um, Tom Beckett, that is, uh, Mm -hmm. is mentioned a few times throughout the course of the novels, but this is never something that's mentioned. But Donna's presence at Project Quantum Leap within the continuity of the novels is in flux. Mm. Sometimes she's there, and sometimes she's not there, and sometimes that's even in the course of, of a novel um and, and and Dennis like you said like yeah Al's the only one that notices that which is weird to me because I think Ziggy should notice it but you know maybe maybe she does and she just doesn't let on I don't know sure sure um yeah. but all of that said you know the, the, the sci-fi craziness of it aside as as a character as a human being um <sighs> She deserved, and the reason why a two-parter, I think, w- makes more sense, mm-hmm. she deserved more time, and and, and I yeah. think a lot of that just has to do with the fact that there's this emotional journey that I feel like she needs to go on, and, and in some ways does, but it never gets quite to the level that it could, uh, and that's unfortunate, um, because I, I, I think that it would be interesting to see why she waits why she stays Um, and if she understands you know what her presence there is sure um, I don't don't know know. so to 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 touch on and
2: like bring it like back into the actual episode not like our imagining of what the episode should be (laughs) but I think the reason why it it sells so easily is that uh, the actor who plays Donna Alisi this version of her Mimi Kuzik I think it's how you say her name Yeah. She uh, brings, like, so much, like, lived-in nature to the role. Yes. Especially, not so much in her scene with Scott Bakula, but in the scene at the end of the episode Mm -hmm. with Dean Stockwell. Yeah. Like, even though, like, this is the (laughs) only... I mean, they share, like, what, like, two minutes of screen time together? There is such a lived-in quality to that relationship. Like... Like, I I can imagine, like, they have these conversations out at her house, out at her home, wherever they're at. Like, just, like, you know, somewhere just a little bit away from Project Quantum Leap. Like, they have these conversations a lot of Al telling her what is going on with Sam in the past. And I think that's what makes the relationship—it's, like, just what they bring to that final scene of the episode is what makes it believable,
0: yeah, I would completely agree with that, and and I think that it that that scene more than a lot of the other scenes that take place at Project Quantum Leap, um, it it makes that place that time feel more lived in. In general, And you, you get, I think, an idea of the types of things that might happen on a more regular basis when Sam isn't there. Because I think that everything that we see while Sam is there is, is out of the ordinary, as it should be. Um, you know, everyone except for Tina and Gushy, or, well, Donna, obviously. but So anyway, the Admiral and Dr. Beeks don't get any lines at all. Um, they, they do get to share a saccharine smile when Sam and Donna reunite. Um but Mm -hmm. this is a scene that yeah, like you said, Dennis, I think feels as though it's something that happens on a regular basis. You know, where is he now? What's he doing now? You know, what's you know, that sort of stuff. Um Yeah, I, I don't know though, it just makes you wonder, like what does she ever take a break? You know, because are are we meant to believe that Sam is literally the only person that could possibly figure out how to get himself back? And, and are the rest of these people just hanging out there during this time, spinning their wheels? Yeah, because I mean, you don't get a strong sense of what Donna does there. For sure. I mean, you got to figure that, given her trajectory that they showed in the in
2: Starcross, that she has to be a quantum physicist herself. And to right. touch on that point, like something that is lost from the saga cell from the second season and the third season is that supposedly, and this would make sense, that Sam had led mm. an elite group of scientists out into the desert. Right. So you would I have to figure be that there would it. be a lot of other brilliant <laughs> minds there right. trying to figure out how to bring him back. And, it, you know, it's...
1: Uh, unless they've lost more of their funding. Unless, you know, the, the, unless the, their funding... <laughs> has gotten reduced, <laughs> For sure. so you can you yeah. can still run the program. I mean, we'll give you the funding for running it, but you got one scientist. that's whatever. It's <laughs> a work on this problem. You got one scientist,
2: so we're not dedicating. Yeah, we're not de- dedicating energy re- any resources to figuring out mm-hmm. how to bring Sam home.
0: Yeah, like I would buy the fact that the that the people that we see in this episode are literally the only people that are there. That are sure left there. there. Yeah, I would absolutely buy that. Yeah, except for the guards, mm-hmm. which we you know see more of it. Last season, but yeah, yeah. Well, should we? That's, di- that's after he saves Jackie Kennedy, so we <laughs> got some more money. <laughs> yeah. oh.
2: So should we dive into the episode as it is, and not just our, uh, our our fan wink of it? Yeah, man, go for it. Give us a little synopsis. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, talking talk about it, like like Sam leaps home, like we, uh, you know, we are in the in the courtyard in the camp, you know, by the cannon. Uh, They leap in similar positions from one another uh, from where they were at the end of Shock Theater. Al is standing over Sam. Sam is laying on the ground. Um, Sam, and the only time ever this happens in the series, he leaps with the clothes that he had on him Mm -hmm. in Shock Theater. Yeah. And of course, Al is wearing uh, the army uniform. And uh, so yeah. It makes you wonder what was Tom Jerry doing standing in the courtyard? Right, uh, right early because, in the
1: because um, <laughs> this is Mike. He says, yeah, so he was Mike, like, yeah. oh, you were, you know, you're early. So And they were trying to make excuses of why he was early, but he really was early because Tom was really standing there. So, yeah, right. maybe he did take so an earlier was, place. Yes, yeah. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, we have this great, uh, you know, so this we have the first scene with, with Sam and Al and them, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. And Sam is having a lot of fun with, uh, uh, you know, with, like, you know, putting his head through the tree and doing, like, the Woody Woodpecker thing mom. and you're walking through the cannon. And Al is freaking out and the handling is dead. Later. Um, and so we get some great bits talking about, like, uh, Al, his memory is Swiss cheese now. He can't remember his last name.
0: Yeah, and he doesn't remember um, Beth either. No, yeah. Um, Other than like this weird feeling of déjà vu after
2: Mike mm-hmm. kind of lays out the, the thing of of uh, Suzanne having given up on him and gotten engaged to Cliff. This is where we get the first connection of uh, uh, or the second connection, but the first like direct mention that this is Al. That Al's last name is Calabici. Yeah. It's suggested in Mia when we meet Beth Calabici, Mm. but this is when we get like his first and last name pronounced together, Al Calabici. I didn't realize. Yeah, I was gonna
1: say I didn't realize that we never put them together.
2: But this is the yeah, this is the um, yeah because we get Beth's Mm -hmm. last name in Mia, but it's never ever directly said. So, uh, so yeah, we get that. I think it's kind of suggested that Al was born in 1945, but it's never directly mentioned. Um, yeah, I've always taken it that June 15th, 1945
1: was literally I did too. Al's birthday. That's what I assumed as well, that it was his actual birthday. And that he had
0: back to his birthday. Yeah. yeah, well, this, I mean, he says that in the what beginning of the June episode, says June 15th right? is his birthday,
1: but he doesn't, you know, they don't say that the forty-five Actually, was his birthday, year. but I, that's what I assumed, that that was the year he was born as well.
0: Yeah, I would. I, yeah, that's. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, so of course, in this first scene, as, as uh as Sam is talking everything out and why Gushy isn't answering Al, this is when Sam finally figures out that he's home. He's just stuck in the imaging chamber. And then plot device. There's a lot of scientific technobabble around, like why Sam is mm-hmm. locked in the imaging chamber, and, <laughs> and you know the lightning strike and. Ziggy misreading it as a as a collapse of a ring surrounding the imaging chamber, and like wanting to save the project from radiation. Why the project is why the door sealed. If I sound yeah. frustrated, I am because it's all just gobbledygook to, to keep
0: <laughs> Sam in the imaging chamber for the first half of the episode, and I don't understand why. See, I actually don't mind it at all. I actually think that it makes a lot of sense. Um, because you'd think that something like that would have to have some sort of like, fail-safe or whatever, and, and, and because the, the leap is something that it probably... I mean, the one thing is, is it does make you think, though, if if, if, it's, if the system itself is going to recognize that there has been some kind of energy, some sort of you know leap-like energy, that you would think that on the outside that Gushy and Ziggy would be like, oh, that's weird, and know what had happened uh, instead of them having to mail the letter... Um, that said, the mailing of the letter and the fact that Sam can't get out of the imaging chamber is actually one of the more interesting things about the episode as a total, and it feels like it actually has some stakes to it, so that didn't really bother me mm-hmm. um, as much as maybe other things. <laughs> sure, okay. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they um, wanted to keep, you know, to be able to do the gag, you know, of, of you know Sam still being a hologram and, and their mind merging, minds merging, all that, you know, all those those gags that they were doing, although it doesn't mean they couldn't have done it, that he couldn't have gone home and then do what Al does, you know, pop back and forth. So, um, But I feel like that's why they wanted to keep him there for a while, because they wanted to play on that. Yeah.
2: Do the gags, yeah. Let's talk about What what do we think of Sam and Al's mind
0: merging in this episode? Um, it didn't really bother me. I, you know, I felt like it made a lot of sense, and and. It's, you know, my sort of fan-wankish opinion that that's something that kind of always happens, whether or not it gets too pronounced, as we know it will be a little bit sure more in episodes like Dreams and Lee Harvey Oswald. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I was
1: okay with it. I thought it was interesting to have them play um, off the... Sam, you know, saying the awful things that Al usually says... But having a reaction yeah. to it, which is interesting. I mean, he sometimes has that reaction when Al says it, when they're going back and forth. But he really kind of um, does it more when he's the one saying it. So I, I mean, I thought that was interesting, um, him doing that. And then, um, oh, there's one other thing I was going to say about that, and I forget what it was. Um, oh, I just, I just thought that um, I enjoyed. Um, Sam being and part of it, it was because he was the hologram and not the leaper, but part of it was also um, Al's personality. But I, I liked, I think Scott Bakula probably enjoyed being able to play uh, the much the lighter role in you know in this episode, sure. and, and yeah. so I enjoyed that as well, like him being yeah, kind of, I,
0: you know that's actually
1: you know more easygoing and and being able to to um, you know. Uh, Say the li- you know the the funny
0: lines, or you know, be the humor in this episode. You're about to say something, Sam. Oh yeah, I was going to say. I, I know. I think that's a good point. There's something about you know the the fun that uh, you can see, like Scott Bakula and, and and therefore Sam having with it. You know, and even when Sam is like, you know, shocked mm-hmm. at some of the things that are coming out of his mouth. Um, and it is kind of fun to see that interplay, and, and it's it's interesting because you know Al. It's not only have they sort of crossed, you know, the streams of their brains, their neurons and mesons a bit, but they recognize that that's happened. So there's an actual mm-hmm. reaction anytime like Al is like, you know, oh, I wish I could think those things, but now I can't, and Sam's horrified that he is, which sure. is you know the, the, they they play up well for the comedic effect. Um, yeah. There's not, okay, so
2: so speaking of like Al and Sam's mind melding perverted nature, there's a line in here like I've never quite actually gotten. So they're in the diner, and Mike and uh, I can't remember, uh, what's Kelly. her name uh, Kelly in the diner, and they're talking about like swapping, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Because Mike slips her an extra pound of butter every now and then, and she's like, "I didn't know I was swapping sugar for it." And Sam says, "Well, if a pound of butter is all it takes, I got me a dairy farm." (laughs) (laughs) I've never like what. What is the completion (laughs) of that joke? Like, I have a pretty healthy, perverted mind, and I can't figure out
1: dairy products to swap for whatever she'll swap back for him for all this dairy products that he has on his farm.
0: Okay. Which, you know, he does have a Yes, dairy exactly. Farm, if you think he does. It. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean I guess my I would yeah.
2: My mind is yeah, I've never quite like understood like what exactly like the, the yeah. translation of that joke was. But that makes sense. I mean, that's, that's,
0: all, that's all I can you think got, of. Anyway.
1: Maybe I it, do it's, really uh, love his reaction. I, I know, like, again, when he says that, he's like, oh, my God, I am so, so hurry. What? Like what, what right. I, he yeah. just plays it so what, well, I,
2: love I more th- Yeah, what I love more than Scott Bakula's reaction is the fact that Dean Stockwell literally just drops the entire thing of sugar <laughs> onto his plate. Like, he just <laughs> yeah. drops the containers, right. bam, <laughs> crash. Yeah, yeah. To highlight it. I think it's like there there's there's a lot of great comedic effect in it. I don't know why like this last rewatch like maybe it was the mm-hmm. that I was in like the comedy of all that just mm-hmm. fell flat on me.
0: Well,
1: some of it does, I you know, and and it does get old like it is a yeah. long running, you know. Yes. They, they they do pull, They probably it's probably cuz they they try to do it a little bit too much. You know, there's a lot of it in there. Yeah.
2: To do that. and, and I don't know like was was it all of that like reverse engineered like they needed some kind of plot device to explain how at the end of the
0: episode Sam can leap back beyond his beyond his own lifetime I mean that that would make the most sense to me that that is why yeah they, mm-hmm. you know they came up with it um because it doesn't seem like the type of thing that you would think that they would come up with just for the you know purposes right, being of right be able to have uh, Sam
1: say all that yeah that's comedic some relief yeah, yeah. But
0: it, but it ha,
2: yeah but it has been noted like Bellicero originally thought about swapping their personalities entirely but then he dialed it back a little bit so maybe he maybe it was like more I mean it wasn't just like the plot device but it was mm-hmm. also like a comedic effect kind yeah of. Right. but I
1: do think I it does know. work better that they are horrified at what they're thinking <laughs> I mean it does you know then, then it just do, yeah. straight oh look You know, Sam's like, oh, you know, that his reaction to those things and vice versa, I think, do make it better. So,
2: yeah. Uh, I mean, so I I think the comedically, like one of the best effects that works in this is when we get to the later scene with Clifford after he's introduced Mm -hmm. and they get in the fight and they challenge, you know, uh, they step out into the street, is Al doing the roundhouse kick.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And knocking Clifford out. Yeah. Yeah no I I, I, th- I think that that's a, a great moment um, and you know Dean Stockwell's neither <laughs> did I you know to to Sam's
1: mm-hmm.
0: I didn't know you could do that neither did I yeah, yeah, um, yeah. so the, uh, go ahead yeah but the, but I think that overall um, the idea that sort of his lecture lecher, you know, Al's lecherous tendencies trading places with Sam's more you know um, straight laced tendencies. Um, It doesn't. The weird thing is, is it works better for Al um, in the long run, even though it's completely disregarded eventually. But uh, that it does for Sam because the constant reminders of it, you know, um, know, from Tina and from Ziggy, and you know what I mean. Back at Project Quantum Leap, it's just kind of like, yeah, okay, we get it. We Mm. get it, you know. Yes, he's going to kiss the girls and make them cry. Okay, cool. Sure, yeah. You know. Um, And I think that that's another thing that the episode does end up suffering for. And Dennis, it kind of goes back to something you were saying earlier about having to introduce concepts that were already done. or storylines or threads that were already done. And and, and basically just not having faith in the viewers to to follow along and to be okay if they might miss something. um, Which was a risky prospect in 1991, let's face it. Sure. But... The episode, once again, feels like we're introducing you, we're reintroducing you to this show. Sure. You know, yes, we're giving some fan service to the people that have been with us from the beginning. Yes, we're, you know, trying to tell a different story, but at the same time, we're still, we're still expecting new people to come along and we need to spoon feed them as opposed to really, truly rewarding those longtime viewers that might want a little bit more. Yeah. And those are 2018 expectations speaking right now for me. You know, obviously 1991 expectations would have been vastly different, but I think it's worth noting You know, just to contextualize the the program and if if you've never seen Quantum Leap before and this is your first watch through and you get to this episode, I think you're going to be pretty disappointed ultimately too because the expectations, the bar has been set so high by modern TV that you would think that you were going to get a little more. Sure.
2: Yeah. I mean, it is worth noting uh, this was the highest rated episode of the series tied along with Private Dancer. So it did bring a lot of viewers in. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, like, we're putting 2018 expectations on it. Um, and I love the episode. I just... I love the episode so much,
0: I want it to be more. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, of course. Because, I, you know, the thing is that as I was watching the episode, I mean, the especially the stuff at Project Quantum Leap, I'm happy... To see, I'm happy to get there. Like I was excited for the episode, and I'm, I'm, I just can't help but feel a little bit let down. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, that just like you said, I wanted, I wanted more. Yeah, for sure. So before we get to Project Point, so let's get uh, to to
2: Tom's home. Uh, so we get the scene. Al kicks Clifford, knocks him out. And so the milk truck pulls back up. Mm-hmm. I really—it's a really small like set that they're using. Like, like Tom's house is like just around the corner from the diner, but he's still broken right. there right, just, right. you know that's just a set that they're using. By the way, um, the the courtyard that Sam and Al are in. In the first, uh, in the first scene, and that tree—that's the tree that they almost hang. Oh. Uh, um, mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember the, the character's name in in the mm. trilogy episode part two. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's the tree that they almost hang her from. It is the same set right nice. there. Uh, but anyway, so Mike drops Al off in front of Tom's place, so we get you know the the, the confusion of Mike dropping Al off and Al not realizing that he's home and Mike says the line that he's going to go pick up the cherry buster oh god for Tom and when Betsy and I were watching this scene when we, when we got to that line she was like gee the cherry buster Jesus Christ <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the thing that... is
2: like, I, I had never thought about that in that context but I was like oh yep that's exactly what that's that's exactly what that's saying <laughs> yeah yeah. Yes, it is. Anyway, um, so mm-hmm. we get the scene. Uh, we get one of the better comedic moments in the episode of yeah. uh, Tom or Sam or Al opening the door and Sam being there. Revenge is mine, the same the hologram. Um, and this is where we get the scene of Sam explaining how they're going to open the chamber door. They're going to mail a letter. Sam, as you pointed out, like, this was right on the heels of Back to the Future 2. So... Uh, I I am curious to know, like, how much of this was an intentional homage to the gimmick of of, of the the delayed mail letter. And we also get, for the first time ever, we get the present date. September 18th, 1999, which was eight years (laughs) to the day after this episode aired. Yeah.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, And Al remembers the date because his fifth wife is suing him for alimony, and so that's the court date, so yeah. <laughs> Al just have a day all along. lead back in time. His wife's suing him for alimony. Uh, and then we cut to the mailbox. Um, and of course, this is where we get the scene where uh, one, we discover that the imaging chamber has enough mm-hmm. air to sustain someone for six months. Uh, and this is where Sam gets his memory back of
1: Donna. You also think that they if it doesn't help though. If, well, if they have the air for six months, if they don't have food or water, but <laughs> are there any water bottles in there? We, you know, <laughs> oh,
2: for sure. You know. it's it so not going to like do any
1: good if I can stay in here for six
0: months
2: if I are wine. they spend- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then we get this the 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 this wonderful mm-hmm. visual effect of like as soon as the letter gets dropped into the mailbox. Phew, the imaging chamber door pops open um, and like one of the only times I think like we see a figure like walk through the door not just like slide up and slide down but Sam runs through the door yeah onto the other side uh, and it's just yeah it's it, it, it's a great effect and yeah this is one of the uh, the and,
1: and seeing Al this scene is one fade of the away of the as part. the yeah when he comes through yeah
0: yeah sure yeah yeah it really is and and there's um you know the um, the the sweet from a leap home you know that that motif uh, musically plays and uh, it, it's, it's quite beautiful and um, and then we get some really bad ADR and weird cuts that just kind of undercut the the impact of the whole thing, really. And, and then all of a sudden it becomes this weird just sort of, like, mm-hmm. Sam and Donna love story, but we really only get a couple of scenes of that before Sam decides he has to leave again, and it just... It, it, it's strange, because it's like, this is where things start to kind of fall apart, and where you just start to see how much it would have benefited right, from having even the, another... Like, you know, yeah, exchanges same part. back
1: and forth between Ziggy and Sam. It's it really rushed, you know. They're like they're trying to get in a whole bunch of you know jokes and you know, oh, and I you know, I have to search all the memory banks and you know, all this stuff and why I can't come up with an answer. And then you know, what about Al? You know, just like joke after joke after joke that they tried to do that was so rushed. I mean, there's a bit like,
2: yeah, even even the bit. And and it's played for a joke, but I've never bought it, like, even then. It's just that, you know, where Ziggy says she needs this much time to do the research and and Sam says, what if Al doesn't have that much time? And Ziggy's just like, hey, 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 I never experienced guilt. So if Al dies, he dies. Right. And, like, from what we've heard about Ziggy in other episodes, like, that's always fallen flat for me. That Ziggy would just be like, "Hey, if he dies, he dies."
1: Right, because Al right. has has described you know? her as temperamental at other times, so if she has other feelings. Why? Why, why yeah. would guilt be one of them? Yeah,
2: for sure. Yeah, um, it is worth mm-hmm. noting that Deborah Pratt Deborah Pratt does play the voice of Ziggy. Um, yes. After mm-hmm. after three seasons of Ziggy being always referenced as a he, um, has a female voice. Mm-hmm.
0: Still um, gets referenced as a male though. Right. Sam even says Rich. him. Yeah. Why did yeah. I have to give him Barbara Streisand's personality? Yeah. Or ego. And,
2: uh, and I remember uh, I don't know if this is a Matt book, Matt's book, but I read it somewhere years ago. That in the original script before they decided on Deborah Pratt's voice, the original line was, "Why did I give him mm. Warren Beatty's ego?"
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, I think the more. Interesting part of the episode is after this is when we shift back and we get Al's perspective with Suzanne back in 1945. And the and and the scene that we have with Suzanne, you know, clearly wanting to have sex and being reunited with Tom and Al holding off on this.
0: Yeah. Um so, I th- th- this is definitely, I think, an important thing to talk about in the context of this episode, but uh, before we do, um, let's go ahead and real quick, because um, we've touched on a few people already, uh, do our should little we do journey the IMDb, through yeah. IMDB. We should do the yeah. IMDB bits, yeah. Um, so, starting off, just because we've already talked a little bit about her, uh, Mimi Kuzik, who plays Donna Alisi um, Beckett... Um, She, uh, you know, someone who has a a pretty big list of credits to her name, um, you know, going as far back as uh, 1979 um, as an extra, actually, on SCTV, up to, you know, things that are even recently in production. She did guest spots, you know, back in the day on, on things like Remington Steel um, was on a season of Hill Street Blues. uh, L.A. Law, you know, kind of really just made her way through all the big ones in Quantum Leap's spiritual cousin, Highway to Heaven. She had a guest starring spot. Um, (laughs) She, uh, uh, you know, she would go on um, to to do, uh, you know, again just lots of television um, after the fact. Uh, Kung Fu: The Legend Continues. Um, The total recall tv show that i don't know if anybody remembers that or not um, but she uh she would do you know mostly um uh, television but then uh starting in the early 2000s a lot of film uh, you know some stuff that uh, like day after tomorrow the final cut um she would reunite in a way with don Belisario, uh in ncis and um you know again, just more more guest spots and, and other things. She also has uh one of our Star trek um. Connections, Powerful yeah. Connections. Uh, in the and this is new. This is you know this isn't going to be like old school stuff. But she actually plays uh, Cadet Tilly, who's a character on Star Trek Discovery. She plays her mother, Shavon Tilly, in the Star Trek Short Treks. Runaway. Short Treks is a new show that they have been doing on CBS All Access. They're small, like um, you know, twenty minute or so episodes, I believe, um, that focus on uh, three different characters. Um, one of whom is, is cadet Tilly. The other one I think is Harry Mudd, uh, played by rain Wilson. And then the third one, I, I can't remember right now, honestly, but anyway, yeah. So she has kind of a, a substantial role in the star Trek universe because Tilly is, you know, really kind of the fan favorite character, uh, from discovery. um, speaking of suzanne um amanda weiss is the actress that plays uh suzanne um she's been working since she was about 20 years old her earliest credit is 1980 um and she's got stuff you know going right up until today as well um got a few things in pre-production some stuff that she's filming right now some post-production lots of film uh recently um did uh some TV recently as well, including that show Murder in the First. Uh, She had a stint on CSI for a few episodes. Uh, She was also in JAG, um, so another... Belisario connection there uh the thing that I remembered her for uh, as I was watching this episode is shortly after this episode she would actually have a guest starring role on Highlander um and play Randy McFarland who's a news reporter who uh, in the first season of Highlander they did this thing and uh they quickly decided to not do it and wisely decided to not do it which unfortunately meant that her role went the way of the dodo but um they decided that they wanted to have a reporter who was investigating all of these headless bodies that were being found around Duncan McCloud's hometown, um, and uh, so she was investigating to see what was going on and trying to piece everything together, and her character was kind of annoying, and the whole plot line ended up going nowhere because, again, wisely, they were like, you know, we really probably shouldn't explore this because eventually he would just, you know, be thrown in jail for murder. Um, before Quantum Leap, she did a stint on Cagney and Lacey, um, Saint Elsewhere, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, um, again, um, a lot of the actors actually in this episode um, had quite a bit of uh, a resume. Uh, Doug Roberts, who plays Mike, um, he hasn't done anything, it looks like, in about six or seven years, but prior to that, um, again, just uh, a lot of film and television. Um, He was in uh, an episode of Newhart, L.A. Law. Um, He would actually be in the film Flight of the Intruder, uh, which is, um, um, yeah, just an interesting side note because those were the planes that um, Al was flying in Vietnam. Anyway, uh, and uh, he would do, you know, a couple of episodes of The West Wing, it looks like, Um, but, again, hasn't really done anything since 2007. Uh, And then uh, Robert Prescott, who plays Clifford, um, he, uh, oddly enough, had a credit that, as soon as I saw it, made me laugh, because I have been, with what little free time I have uh, to myself, I've been playing some video games lately, and Red Dead Redemption 2, which is all the rage right now, has definitely occupied some of my time, and he is the voice for (laughs) Sheriff Hanley in the game, uh, which I thought was very funny, um, because I had... Just recently talked to the sheriff, actually, um, doing a bounty hunting job. But anyway, uh, he did some episodes of LA uh, Law and Order, excuse me. Um, all of the Law and Orders, actually. He was in an episode of the Sopranos. Um, he was in Spaceballs as the sand cruiser driver. Um, it looks like his earliest role was Bachelor Party in 1984. Um, not quite as robust a career as some of the others that we've mentioned. But hey, Sheriff Hanley, so that counts for something. Um, it's also worth mentioning um, Janine Jackson who plays Kelly um, she has stuff I mean even you know, as recent as, as um, a Netflix series called American Vandal she plays the proud nun um, which is very funny considering her role in this um, and uh, lots of stuff ER, Chicago Hope uh, Third Rock from the Sun, lots of TV um, she had a recurring role on the Jeff Foxworthy show uh, so which yeah that's right people that was a TV show, um. So yeah, uh, going back to about 1983 was her earliest role. Um, she played a technician in Scrooged So you know, yay Bill Murray. Um, and then that brings us to uh, the last three people that I want to mention. Obviously, Dennis Wolfberg, who plays Gushy. Unfortunately, he would pass away a couple of years later at the young age of 48 in 1994. Um. However, before that, um, he would end up doing six total episodes of Quantum Leap, including the pilot, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, he would be one of the few uh, act well, one of three, really, when you think about it, uh, actors. um, Or two. Three? Two? Besides Sam and Al, I think he's one of two or three actors that would be in the first and last episode. Um, And then, uh, of course, we have uh, Tina, who is played by Gigi Rice. Oh, and we're going to talk about Tina. Trust me. Uh, Gigi Rice, um, she's actually married to Ted McGinley. And I just bring that up because I thought it was a funny note in her, uh, um, bio. And she's been married to him since June of 1991. Um, And, yeah, she's, I I mean, got a huge list of credits, um, including some films that are in post-production right now. Um, And she's one of those people that I feel like you would recognize her if you'd seen her in other things. But I don't know that she's that recognizable as Tina because she's putting on The Voice and and all that sort of stuff. Uh, But she did a few episodes of Frasier, uh, Will and Grace. Um, She was also in the Harry and the Hendersons TV show. Um, looks like her earliest role was actually in an episode of Columbo just about a year prior to this, and then finally, last but not least, Captain Tom Jarrett is played by Dean Denton, and out of all of the mirror images, probably the one with the most credits to his name, um, he's been working since the Blue and the Gray TV miniseries in 1982, um, Also worked on a few episodes of Days of Our Lives, um, lots of, you know, smaller roles and things, um, and he has a movie in post-production right now called The Highwayman. So there is your your lengthy, long-winded IMDb credits. No, thank thank you for sharing that. So I want to jump back and say...
2: uh, uh, Dennis Wolfberg, uh, he was also a stand-up comic. This is one of the, like one of the few acting gigs that he had. Like mostly, he was uh, a stand-up comic. And I'll put some of these up on the Facebook page and in, in the Facebook group this week. Uh, I was familiar with the stand-up comedy before I saw him on the show, and it, I, I remember just like being a kid and just like rolling on the floor dying uh, from his jokes. And, I, and I'll put up one of his routines. Uh, had the show gone on for a sixth season, Gushy was going to start being featured a lot more. Because apparently the plan was to start to do a lot more future scenes, Right. Um, and he was even going to be given the opportunity to to help some of to help write some of Gushy's dialogue. Uh,
0: so that would that would have been really interesting yeah. to see. Nice, uh, yeah. And it, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say that that yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's if if that was the world we would have lived in, I I think I would have been okay with that. That would have been. That would have been
2: great yeah and, and yeah and, and and tina uh Gigi rice does the best with what she's got but after hearing so much about tina over three seasons yeah man they they could have done so much more uh and and it's roles like it's characters like that it's like tina and uh and verbena beaks they get to do so much more in the novels, and I realize like my memories of them are influenced much more by their characters in the novels than than what little nuggets they get in the TV show.
0: Yeah i I completely agree. Uh, I, I, it is unfortunate because I feel like there is um, a lot of wasted potential there. And again, I think that could have been fixed by having you know a multi part episode. Um, but sure. you know, it, it it is what it is, and ultimately, the fact that Tina and Gushy are sleeping together is funny enough on its own. That uh, what more do we really need to know? So, so all well, I was gonna say. Go so, so we'll talk a little bit more about Tina in, in a second. Very little, but a little bit more. Uh, but going back to kind of what started me off on my IMDb tangent, Dennis. Um, you know, we were, we started to talk about Al. Slash Tom and Suzanne, Um, and this is a fascinating, to say the least, portion of the episode. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: There's a, there's a, there's a lot. It really,
2: yeah, there really is. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so if you haven't seen the episode in a while, so. Yeah, Suzanne is ready to to Re-consummate this this relationship After having not seen Tom for three years And Al is Having performance anxiety Should we say Uh, and, and, And I've always got the impression that Most of this comes from The part of his psyche That is influenced by Sam Who believes It's not morally correct to sleep with someone You don't actually love
0: yeah you know it's interesting because I'm not I, again I, I'm not saying that that's not the case, but I didn't necessarily know if it was performance anxiety as much as it was that he just didn't yes, never mind <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, I don't I mean I mean, you could say like maybe he didn't feel right sleeping with her because he wasn't actually Tom and the person that she actually thought that she would be sleeping with, but, uh, you know, from comments that Al has made in past episodes, I don't know if that idea would really
1: bug him, unfortunately. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. Well, especially since the, with the comment that Sam makes later, so... You know when he says so, how could you? And then he says, "Well, how could you not?" So, he- right, right. <laughs> That's kind yeah. of what Al would yeah. be thinking, wouldn't yep. you think?
2: <laughs> yeah. So. Um. And, and so eventually, like I, I think this is like one of the one of the better moments in the episode is is Suzanne explains how she she, she kind of waited for him, and she mm-hmm. hasn't had sex since Tom went off. Like she's engaged to Clifford, but they, but they haven't consummated. And and then comes. Oh, no 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 or no no she says no or, or I no I, I get the, I take that back she says but she does but then every time she thinks of she thinks of Tom right which when she's having sex. which is interesting
0: yeah. because and I am sure that this was never meant to be taken apart in the way that we're about to take it apart but I can't help but find that somewhat fascinating because here she is talking about the fact that she can't be with this other man unless she's picturing Tom and yet now here is Al as Tom having to do this thing with Suzanne not having to but you know (laughs) eventually choosing to have sex with Suzanne and yet in one way you could picture that Al is not so much having sex with Suzanne as he is having sex with the memory Swiss cheese as it may be of Beth and sort of trying to fulfil some sort of weird psychosexual you know, thing for himself. Oh, that's really
2: that's really oh and, and he, oh god and an episode full of missed opportunities. <laughs> this is just now occurring to me. How did they not cast an actor that looked very similar to Susan yeah. Dial? How Interesting
0: would that have been <laughs> Yeah, I don't know Karen, what do you think about all this?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are pretty good at, uh, at Breaking it down I, I had not thought of the Beth angle at all When, I, at any of the times That I watched this So That's, that's, that's really interesting um, I, I really I mean, obviously when I first watched it Kind of took it, you know, straight as Well, now he's trying to figure out Whether this is the right thing to do And then he says, so I'm going to do it anyway Um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really broken it down as much.
2: So I, so that being said, and we've had this conversation a lot on the show. What, what, what do we think of, of Al having sex with her? Is it, is it defendable at all? All things being considered about
1: informed consent? I mean I under, and I understand the argument that um, you guys have been talking about for you know since we've been since you've been doing the show. I'm personally not in the camp of that I get a you know that I think it's totally wrong you know that you know the idea that you know they they don't know who they're sleeping with um, so I don't particularly have a problem with mm-hmm. it um, again in terms of. They're working through. I mean, albeit a very short time of the relationship, like five minutes. But you know, for for time's sake. Um, but that um, you know, the kind of intention of it is after this conversation and after, you know, more and more of a. a yeah, you can't say he fell in love with her because it's really short. But you know, in that kind of, um, in that vein, you know what I mean. Like he's not doing it. Just to take advantage of her, or you know, another nefarious reason. Now, of course, having said that, it's you know there is that whole other, um, you know, that whole other angle that that you've talked about before. Um, although I'm I usually I don't go as far as that, so I don't particularly have a problem with it. But I certainly yeah. can see I can certainly see it from that side.
0: Yeah, sure. yeah. It's interesting yeah. because on one hand, like I do. I do think you know it's it's it's, it's a little icky, <laughs> but yeah. at, at the same time, uh, you know, thinking about it in terms of just the show and 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 mm-hmm. y- you know, 1991 and it being a TV a program and it being you know, fictional yeah. characters and everything, yeah, I, I I totally get where you're coming from because I do feel like it's it's treated in such a way that Al, I mean, even afterwards. You know Al has that uh, you know dialogue with Sam about it being beautiful and special to him and i, I think that kind of going back to Honeyboot Express when Al has the line about I have loved every woman I've ever slept with at the time I slept with her that there is that part of Al's personality that he does believe that there is some sort of like romantic emotional attachment to this person and 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 I think that part of that um you know this is just this is cheap dime store pop psychology so i'm not trying to 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 say that it means anything but let's face it this is a kid who grew up without a mom you know he he then had the love of his life declare him dead and desert him it makes a lot of sense in those terms that he would basically you know be able to easily find some sort of connection or involvement or romanticize any connection that he has with any woman really because it's something that he's missed out on or had taken away from him since he can remember so i i I think on that in that way i understand somewhat why al does what he does even if i don't completely agree with it i also think that you know there there comes that point that just in the context of the show at what point does he stop fighting this and arguing with it and just being like, all right, I guess I just got to go with it. You know, it's like, this is, this is, this is clearly what she wants. So, I mean,
2: I mean, it's also a thing. In this particular situation, it could be serious trouble for the relationship, even after what she says, if he does
0: not consummate the relationship. You know, the thing is, like, here's the thing. If they hadn't done that voiceover yeah, yeah. then I think I would probably be mm-hmm. even more okay with it. But the fact that it makes yeah. it kind
1: of, yeah, that voiceover is right? tough, right. Yeah. Cause
0: all of a sudden it makes it seem like it goes from being, <laughs> you know, it being this sort of like, Oh, right. this, this is okay. I get where this is coming from to all of a sudden just be like, Oh no, it's, it's the, Oh,
1: that's yeah. right. I'm doing this regardless. Right. of morals Right. No, that's true. That totally does ruin the whole thing. Doesn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, it
2: does. It's the only time we ever get a Dean voiceover yeah. in voiceover show too. Uh, yeah, I, I I never thought about that. But you're right. Yeah, that voiceover totally un- Calabici's taken over. Uh, it's like
0: ah, oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> so speaking of Calabici taking over, that cuts us back to the future, the future Dennis.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: with uh, with Sam and Donna on which I've always assumed, which is like uh, like at their home, which is not very far away from Project Quantum Leap. I always just assumed that they were still at Project Quantum Leap okay. I mean, I've always imagined just, like, two miles away, they set up a little home out there or something. I don't know. But anyway, uh, so we get this, this, this great, uh, this really great scene with them where basically uh, we find out, one, I've always found this very fascinating, is that Sam is having a reverse Swiss cheese effect, and, like, he's forgotten the last four years of leaping mm-hmm. after having returned home. Um, and we get this conversation with Donna, like, she talks about how she she feels like Sam has never betrayed their, yeah. their marriage, their love, uh, by doing what he has to do. Um, and this is where we found out where she had given Al explicit instru- instructions to not tell Sam about her because she knew it would be limiting.
0: Yeah. Man. Again, it's just like, a lot what, what, what could we have had if we had just gotten another episode with with them being able to have conversations <laughs> like this? Sure.
1: Yeah, been, I'm always wondering. I'm. This came up, you know, when when I was rewatching it, I was thinking, well, would it really? I mean, yes, the show. <laughs> you know, based on what happens in the show, it's limiting. But would it? Is it really limiting to him? I don't know. You know, you go back to kind of the whole moral end of this, like. I don't know if he's still doing things for the good of you know history being needing to be changed does it really i don't know i don't know if it affects it that much yeah i mean him knowing that and and would it affect it for the better i don't know well, i just had that thought the,
2: uh i don't know it, it um i don't know it is interesting to note that scott Bakula did have some issues with the development of having a wife back home because mm-hmm. he he was really concerned how viewers would take that well
1: i was going to say that because i think i because rem- i remembered i remember saying that when he left like well now how am i and i don't really remember i'm sure i, f- I must have forgotten about it <laughs> i mean i didn't forget about yeah. it but i i was okay with his romantic relationships or whatever in the future but i remember after the episode saying well now this is gonna yeah it's the exact that it's that exact thing like now it's gonna taint what i am seeing him do with other women or the relationships that he has because I know he has a wife he might not know he has a wife but Mm -hmm. I know he has one and now I feel really bad for her even though in the end scene you know she is supposedly okay with it but um yeah I I did have that reaction after this episode when it first aired saying well wait a minute I can't (laughs) now I now I know I know he has this relationship so it's affecting me
0: Yeah. Mm yeah Yeah, I, man, I, it is really interesting because I, I think that there um, there are definitely episodes where he, for lack of a better word, crosses a line that uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, a spouse or a significant other um, in any monogamous relationship would be bothered by. But mm. I also think that, you know, like, what you're saying, Karen, isn't really that far off from the truth, that there are plenty of things that he does that aren't... that wouldn't be anything, you, you know, that would... Uh, um, be grounds for divorce, I guess, for, you know... I can't... Okay. I can't really or, put right, right or if like, there are the
1: things that... I don't know. I'm trying to just think of situations where there have been things that he, you know, would have said, oh, yeah, no, no, I can't do that because I'm married. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem that a lot of those things um, that that would influence. It, again, it influences the show because it influences a romantic relationship. But does it influence how he gets the outcome that he wants?
0: Right. Well, and I will say this: it, it, like, and this is an episode that we've definitely nitpicked before, uh, and and kind of indicted based on on what we were just talking about with Al and Suzanne. Mm-hmm. It definitely puts "Catch a Falling Star" in a new light, in a in a not so great light, yeah. because that is a time when Sam pursues another woman and does it in a very, you know, for very selfish reasons, and mm-hmm. uses that identity, and so it. It almost seems to me that why wouldn't Al say something to Sam at that point? Right. Because, again, the odds are he's not going to remember from leap to leap anyway. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. It's a big, I mean, and also it's a big thing to have Swiss cheesed out of your mind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah yeah I
2: mean, maybe if they had like like I said like more time to play with it like they could like it, it was this thing that swiss cheese out of his mind because it isn't part of the original
0: exactly it, no I think you are absolutely right Dennis and that's the reason why I wish that they would have taken a little time to touch on that because I think that that's the key it's not that Sam should have remembered this and forgot it it's that he never knew because in his mind she was never there because in his mind no. she left him at the altar so it would have and that's the other thing too yeah. how cool would it have been if he came through that doorway after having had a conversation with al about the fact that al tells him after that leap i walked in and she was there like she had always been there you know it, like yeah. it, it's just it is it's a missed opportunity and again i know that that's expectations are probably a little too high there but it's it's unfortunate is all
2: yeah yeah and, 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 and touch on what you know, we're talking about like how we would have been great to see like more conversations between Sam and Donna. You know, if they ever do a reboot of this series, we're going to have a lot of flashbacks to when before. Yes. Sam was. And so you're going to have the opportunity to have more.
1: Right. It's just Something the way like TV has right. changed. I mean, yeah. you know, we 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 expect that now, whereas that, you know, it was so much more of an episodic tv show i mean even though they had the story you know they had an ongoing story but not you know it really wasn't it was episodic it wasn't or whatever you would call it i don't know if if that's the right word for it but it is you know back in the 90s it's really just one episode at a time we're not doing these big story arcs whereas today it's so much different yeah
2: it's it is this is a tangent maybe worth going on i've discovered this other podcast called canceled too soon Uh, where where every episode they talk about uh, a series that lasted less than one season and they talked about uh, Journeyman in one episode, uh, which is another time travel series. And the host postulated that maybe part of the reason why that show didn't last is like there is a very Quantum Leap-esque there is a very Quantum Leap-esque quality to that show. But also weighing on it is like they do have a lot of constant drama about how that weighs on their marriage. And maybe that's what brought the show down, is that there was too much serialized drama to it and not enough episode of the week quality to it.
0: Yeah, I, it, it is to interesting to know. I think part of the problem with that show is is that they, like, I I, I liked that show quite a bit. I, 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 I wouldn't necessarily say that I was one of the biggest fans of the show. But the biggest problem with that show is that it, it never, it never felt like it went all in on its, on its premise. Like from the fact that he had this woman in his past who was with him whenever he was leaping through time, basically. Cause that's what he was doing, sure. uh, that he was in love with while also having this wife and child in the future or his present time that he was with and trying to figure out how that all worked. It felt like they, they tiptoed around it too much in the early episodes. And so it made it hard for me to be completely invested in it. Um, it, it It's the type of show that I feel like had it, if it was done now, I think it would be more popular and it wouldn't have to change a thing. But at the time, at the time it was done, people, I don't think were ready for that kind of slow burn. Um, If it was like a streaming show, if it was a show that was on Netflix that you could binge, if you know what I mean? Like that show would be fine. Yeah,
2: popular. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I only saw snippets of episodes. That was in a weird time where I didn't have cable or access to. Dude, TV. it was on like NBC. And so <laughs> to what? I know, but it, I, I just, I'm just uh, i just giving you a hard yeah, time. What's going on? And I never watched it. And the thing, it's not. Anyway. No, I know. No. I mean, unless you, fi- I mean, unless you find, you know, if you're savvy on like like finding bootleg copies here and there, um, it's really hard to find it. Because apparently, they used a lot of popular yeah. music of the time, so you're not going to find it like really streaming or, or anything. Right. But anyway, tangent tangent note on that. Um so we get we come up we get the one like really true scene of the roles being reversed of Al the Leaper and Sam the hologram.
0: Yes. First of all, let's talk about Sam Beckett's wardrobe real quick. I mean <laughs> guys looking guys looking fairly sharp, you know? I mean mm-hmm. I, I dig it. Um <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, Exactly, yeah, he's got the Apple Watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah <that's> right. <laughs> this, this is the one and only episode where we get, like, basically, like, the mini... Mm-hmm. It's like a
0: Yeah. Oh, and, you know, something we haven't even talked about yet. We talked about Ziggy's attitude and, you know, gender and, and all this sort of stuff. But this is the first time that we ever see Ziggy in, in, in this way and know that the hand link is basically, like, an extension of Ziggy. Uh, and I think that that's yeah. really interesting, and, and I, I really like that idea, Um Quite a bit, actually. It, it, it adds to the sort yeah. of like almost like techno-organic nature. You know, the idea that this is a oh, hybrid yeah, that computer, that this is bad. not just a simple mm-hmm. computer, that there's more to it than that. I don't know. Yeah. That, yeah, that is interesting. It's also
2: interesting to note that in, uh, in the original script for this episode, uh, at the end of Sam's first scene in the control room, he wants to go back in and check on Al before he goes off with Donna, but he's told that he can't because they have to recharge a new mm. hand link and every recharge of the handling cost a <laughs> It's, you know it's wow. also
0: worth noting at this point actually before we get back into this because uh, you mentioned this edit that there's another edit that's very awkward and and there's supposed to be some dialogue between Sam and dr. Beaks once again dr. Beaks gets cut unfortunately uh, and that dialogue leads to Tina's line about gee he sounds just like Al because as it stands her line makes no sense because <laughs> Sam has said <laughs> yeah. nothing that sounds like <laughs> al at this point he's basically all sam has done is be like hi everybody and that's about it it's like what is she talking about
2: yeah we'll take the, thought, the snippet you know of the i didn't realize
1: that. that i thought that that just meant his voice sounded uh, like him i didn't even think about that it was like a, something he would that al would say yeah. i just thought it was that she was meaning like because he she heard him talk so then it was just like, oh, his his voice sounds like interesting.
0: Him. Yeah, no, actually, there's a yeah, there's a there's a slight cut that's made where okay. he has a line because yeah. um, Doctor Beeks uh, says something to him about wanting you know him uh, in her office so that they can kind of go over everything. Mm-hmm. A physical, and a DBA, a DBA, and, DBA, and yeah, and he's like, and he has mm-hmm. this line okay. about like uh, I'd have to
2: be wearing. I'm not. I'm. I'm not wearing briefs, but don't let that stop you. Kind of a la Groucho Marx, Uh and that's when Tina says he sounds just Uh, like Al because it's a joke that Al would
0: make, right? And so that's the. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. Um, so that's the bit. But but anyway, anyway, yeah. Now we get this great moment where Sam gets to go into the imaging chamber with the um with the uh, uh, hand link and 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 catch up with uh, Al. Uh, And at this point, of course, uh, we know that any minute now, Clifford is going to come and kill Al and Suzanne. So it is interesting to note that uh, Al and
2: Sam kind of trade I don't know how you want to put it, like locker room stories. Basically, Mm -hmm. like their their shared experience, like flipping psyches and how, um, you know, they basically they got to have sex with their respective women influenced by each other's psyches uh, right. and how, and how they owe each other one. And then Al has the line, just one. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, yeah. So apparently per the news reports of the original history, Tom and Suzanne committed suicide and, and Al's like, like, well, like, no, it wasn't suicide murder. Clifford shows up. Suzanne, at this point, she has gone off to have a pee. It is worth noting that Al or Sam almost follows her into the bushes yeah. to watch. Um, she gets knocked out by Clifford. Al gets knocked out. Uh, yes.
1: Yeah, and so the one um, joke I thought didn't land was when um, the little gag about uh, that the Hanley, you know, how Al always um, doesn't get the whole, all of the. Oh. And so the thing doesn't yeah. really work. And so Sam's going a double two, a double two, and I'm like, do you know the answer already? Like, why are you like, yeah. wait, what? What is it? You die in a what? A double two? You know, like, no, you already know
0: what happened. Like that joke just didn't. No, it you're absolutely right. right. No, I never. That was not a good i was And it's funny because I didn't even think about that while I was watching it. I, I just, was, yeah. I was thinking about the fact that, like, oh right, because the handling, blah blah. But that is.
1: Yeah, that is an excellent
0: yeah. <laughs> point. You're right. He already knows. Like, what, what is he doing? <laughs> you no,
1: know, like you, you, don't have yeah. to look at the handling to see right. How the guy. Well,
0: and this is something I didn't what think about until this you. last
2: rewatch. In, in this episode, they seem to establish that that the observer and Ziggy can talk to each other.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So why do they?
2: So why do they? I mean, oh, like right. the handling for the, the handling him. for support. <laughs> but why? Yeah.
1: Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think about that because I was thinking, "Oh, this is really interesting. Like, this is what Al hears when yeah. he's in the imaging because he does, right? Sometimes he does.
0: He does. You're
2: right.
1: Sometimes. He, why? Sometimes but then he, why would you? Yeah. <laughs> why would yeah. You know, like
2: sometimes it? he talks to Gushy, but I don't think they've ever implied that he's actually that's
1: talking true. to yeah. Ziggy.
2: Uh, so here's my. This is the gag for me that I do like in this scene is when. Al gets knocked out, and and Ziggy's saying, you know, he's going to die in eight minutes when he drives his car off the cliff, and Sam's like, you know, how can he drive when he's unconscious, blah, 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 and Ziggy keeps repeating stuff that Sam already knows, Mm -hmm. and Sam says, damn it, tell me something I don't know, (laughs) Tina's having an affair with
0: Gushy. (laughs) Uh, Yes yeah no it. that is that is actually uh, I yeah I, I like that too and then it's actually kind of funny because later on when Sam is getting ready to leap there's he says that he says something I can't remember exactly what it is but Gushy and Tina share a look and it's like this it's like this mm-hmm. perfect like yeah. sort of like guilty kind of like
2: ah. oh it's, it's like uh when Sam tells Donna that the reason that he can leap into al yes Al. Right, and then they exchange, right. That's the, when look.
1: They
2: exchange the look. Yeah. yeah. It is worth noting that that during this the, the scene that we're about to have of Sam running in the control room, again, a lot of this fabricated drama because Al's already dead. Sure. Uh but here we're gonna jump. Um so yeah, we find out that the white suit that uh that Sam deep in is called a Fermi mm-hmm. suit, uh, which is presumably named after Enrico mm-hmm. Fermi. Um which uh, he was the creator of the world's first nuclear reactor. Uh, so we get the name of the suit. We also find out in this, uh, at this point in time that um, Al has saved Sam's life 23 times.
0: <laughs> it's
2: a
1: very
0: specific um, number. <laughs>
2: very, 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 very specific. It's one of those things where like, he literally blurts out a number. Um, and, and so, yeah, at some point, apparently, Sam's subconscious has figured out how to do a targeted leap. And he has somehow updated the retrieval program, but even still, there's only a 9% chance that they're going to be able to retrieve Sam. And now here's the thing that I did not explore in my fan wank earlier, and this is something I never thought about until this last rewatch. It would take a little bit longer, but wouldn't it make more sense to pull Tom out of the waiting room and leap Tom into Tom?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it would. It would. Another thing, too, that I can't help but think is that it, it, they could have... Again, It's it's kind of a small thing because part of it is just your suspension of disbelief. And we're watching a show about a guy who leaps around in time anyway. But sure. if they would have addressed the fact that the imaging chamber and Project Quantum Leap as a whole exist in this sort of weird, you know, temporal existence... And that—that's why. Timey it, me, That's why Bear it's me. running parallel to the events of 1945.
2: <laughs> you, you got the Jeremy Bear I got it.
1: Parent. I got a Jeremy Bear. Me. So
0: <laughs> I didn't get it. Uh, so, I, I, so, later. So, yeah. so the thing is, is it's like if, if, if they would have taken the time to do that, it would have at least then explained why the stakes were so high and why Sam had to get to Al as soon as he possibly could. Um, but instead yeah it does make it kind of feel like but the thing is is that i guess maybe we're supposed to catch the the subtlety of the fact that we know that al is proceeding along at the same time rate as sam is when within the context of an episode not between leaps we know sometimes days or weeks can pass between sure. leaps but in the in the but in yeah, the but instance then, yeah. of like from the start of an episode to the end of an episode time is progressing at the same rate for each of them I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things that yeah, that definitely bothered me. But you're right. Yeah, why not? Why not just leave Tom back in? Maybe because it would have taken too long to explain to Tom what the hell was going on, and that they, you know, that they were going to do this thing, and uh, Sam's the only one that can do was it. Was it
1: also something? Yeah. Was it also something with you know, since they're merged or their neurons and mesons, like they had to, they would have to change his brain waves or something like that. Or something it would have been yeah. harder to do. But if you had, like you said, but if you had the time, right. to figure it out, then you could. That would be a
2: great solution. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, Sam leaps. And, again, I, I can't remember if we were talking about – I think we are talking about this off mic before we started recording. Like how does the mechanics of, of leaping work? Because they got people standing at Ziggy and, like, they sh- these beams shoot off Ziggy's whatever interface, like the ball and the ceiling. And it looks like there are two people that are standing there to just catch the beam, some kind of reflective thing or whatever. I don't know. So – I should also point out, it was at this point in watching the episode when Donna is begging Sam to not leap. When I was watching it with Betsy, she was like, Jesus, is it just the women's job in this episode to be peaceful? <laughs> anyway. Uh, so anyway, so Donna's the one who pushes the button. Uh, the Sigmatron has some kind of function in the leap.: Yeah, Yes. That's one of the one of the techno babble thing is Gushy says the Sigmatron is online. <laughs> That's right. Um So Sam leaps and Al knocks Clifford over the cliff. Yeah, he basically uh, kills Clifford. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> like
1: Honestly, like yeah. Sam. Oh, just... I he's not dead. Who knows? Ah. He did, I mean, he does scream, and then we don't hear him again. But we do. Yeah, we get, we get a pretty good, yeah. I guess you could. We do like, hear
0: yeah. one thing, though, that led me to believe that he's actually dead, because like when he falls, he gets the scream, and then we hear like a, like a crunch, like a neck breaking or something like that. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's like, did he just kill Clifford? <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but he was going to kill a couple people in cold blood. He had it coming.
1: Which I yeah. don't. I still don't understand either. Like, why is he killing them? Like, <laughs> he's just
0: jealous. It's—I uh, it's, uh, mean, something. It, it's, yeah, it's, uh, you know, know yeah.
1: his parents yeah. are going to be really upset right. that, that he she called off
2: the
0: wedding. Yeah, yeah. It's Although a, they already know. I mean,
1: yeah, yeah
2: it's, it's a little thin. A I
0: mean, I, uh, <laughs> you know, in addition, in addition to the Suzanne element, I also took it to be that there's that element of his pride being wounded because, you know, he faked his flat feet and stayed home, you know, and.
1: I just don't
0: know if that... Right, no, definitely not. The guy's clearly imbalanced. Yeah. Uh,
2: so we get a brief shot of showing Al leaping back into the future. He leaps back into his clothes that he was wearing at the end of Shock Theater. Who knows where in the space-time continuum the clothes are just hanging <laughs> out, waiting for him, waiting to leap back in. Um, and so we get, like, one of... Uh, just a really... One of the, like, heartbreaking scenes of the show for me is Sam... After the the, the, false retri- or the false retrieval, the failed retrieval, it doesn't work. Um, he's kind of confused. He walks over and he picks up the hand link like that's going to yeah. do something, and then you you can you can see it wash over his face. You can see him. You can see him re. Well, I always interpreted that he he gets re-swiss cheesed.
1: Mm.
2: Huh. I always interpreted like like I remember like because he's like like gushy gushy. Come on, this is. Yep. And then, to me, I've always interpreted mm-hmm. it as like yep. he retained his memory just long enough to do what he needed to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then yeah. he lost yeah. everything again. And it's like almost like a hard reset, like mm-hmm. back to the pilot.
0: Interesting. Yeah. You know, it's unfortunate, though, because we don't get any follow up. So we can't know if that's actually the fact or not there.
2: Right. Uh, so this is a, yeah. going to tangent. And uh, Some people are talking about it. Uh, Diana Green in our Facebook group, she was messaging us about it. Uh, there's a lot of fan wank about the Evil Leapers and mm, where they come right. from in in the last season. And one of the one of the fan wanks is that the hand link left behind in 1945 is part yeah. of the origin of the Evil Leapers. Because right. you have to imagine that Tom, being a good soldier, probably turned this piece of failed technology into his commanding officers. Some scientists start to reverse engineer this thing.
1: And they have two and so, of them, right? No, they have two of the failed link. They have Al's hand link, and then they have Sam's hand link too, don't they?
2: Uh, yeah. no, they would just they would like the the hand link that Sam that Sam picks up at the end is just the one that that yeah. Al would then
1: and oh
0: yeah oh, no right, I get yeah, what you're yeah, saying there Karen sense yeah because yeah, yeah, right, to be right, honest right, with yeah, you yeah, I
2: thought yeah. sorry, I thought the same sorry. thing for a second they
1: look different I was thinking it looked different but no it didn't yeah so has, so he, his thing is the watch right 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 yeah I got confused um, by those.
2: Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. We get the hand link left behind in 1945, and then we get the last scene that we talked about with Alan Donna, Alan Donna, where we find out that Sam leaped right after Suzanne woke back up, and that uh, that he's a, a stand up comic uh, playing the Catskills in 1956. And you brought up stand up earlier. Yeah, Sam. Uh, the, the the TV episode, the
0: stand up. Which comes later, in right? Season. Right, yeah, much later, in fact. Which is which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um,
2: but the thing, it's it's. I, I, are, are you under the impression that this is the episode that they're referencing? Well,
0: I'm not the only one, because Matt mentions okay. it in his book, and it's mentioned um, on a couple of websites as well. So a lot of people are laboring under the idea that it's the same leap. Which I never thought it was until today. Oh, okay. And then today, reading this stuff, I thought, have I been wrong this whole time? Oh, no. So, I
2: mean, the way I've read this stuff is like, yeah, there are people who think it is the same episode, but it's obviously not because Sam has leaped into a stand-up comic in the same region. But his mission is very different than what. His right, that's what still. I
0: always thought too. But then today, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, reading yeah. it in a few things, I was like, wait a minute, everybody seems to think that it's the same thing. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I do think, however, though, that we did not get enough follow-up. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We don't get any. We don't get any follow up. We don't get any follow up after this. It's unfortunate, and it's like you know. Matt mentions yeah. in his book in his review that he does at the end of each episode. You know, he said an instant classic and missed opportunity. And I think that that's kind of you know right on the money because there's a lot to love about this episode, yeah. and there's a lot uh, that nostalgia I think does for this episode as well. If you're a fan of the show from you know 27 years ago, rewatching it now, mm-hmm. it really is a great episode to kind of come home to, if you will, no pun intended. But ultimately, it it does, yeah, it does kind of fall a little short. Yeah.
2: And, and, and uh, um, I, I feel like we talked about this on Chuck theater and it may have gotten cut <laughs> uh, with all the issues that we had <laughs> is that I really felt like this would have been a great way to end the series. Yeah. You did say that.
0: Yeah.
2: Ha- have Sam leap home briefly, have to leap out again, but leave it with the hope that one day he's going to leap back home.
0: He did it once. Mm-hmm. We can do it again. Sure. Yeah. I, I guess. I mean, the thing is, though, is that, like he doesn't, you know, the, the the his circumstances of leaping back home are so accidental. You know what I mean? There's no like, yeah. there's nothing about this that's just sort of, it'd be different if he just did it. Like he just mm-hmm. leapt home. But it's not the case. You know, it's this extreme circumstance that ends up having him trade places with Al that actually leads him to being home. So he doesn't really leap home.
2: Hmm. you know here's the thing are we supposed to think that Sam has not fully leaped home but Sam has leaped into Al and Al- and he is known as Al
0: okay no I just what, what, I, what, what I'm saying is, is that like he he switched places with Al but that okay. there's nothing that indicates that he ever would have especially the series finale that he ever would have just leapt home Without this extreme, yeah, you, you know, without this crazy, you know, shock treatment, lightning bolt, standing next to Al, weird transference thing, crazy. You know what I mean? Sure. So, it, it, so, so, yeah. I guess, I guess, I just, I, I, I have a slight quibble because again, it just doesn't seem like he's actually really leaping home. Okay. Because yeah. Because it's yeah, not a regular. It's not a regular leap. I don't know. True. Anyway. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Uh, So we get the final scene with Al and Donna and something we we gloss over is like um, both Sam and Donna and Al and Donna they have these weird conversations that revolve around the stars and, and, and stars that are certain light years from Earth in relation to the years that Al and Sam are in and it's just it, it, yeah it's an interesting it's an interesting thing that they do it's like this weird metaphor but when i was a kid i also took i i also interpreted it as them trying to say that that time travel was a very physical thing and that when you leaped into a year you were actually like leaping somewhere in space like somewhere in the vicinity of a certain star and that time was a more location thing <laughs> i don't know sure does any of that make
1: sense yeah I took it I took it as like that's where how they can connect even um, if they're in different times because they're both seeing the same they can both see the same star it's uh, kind, of, okay, kind yeah. of like when people do that in you know if they're in right. different places that's kind of how I took it
2: but. I took it a little bit more literally when I was yeah. <laughs> um, and this is one of those rare leaps where we don't where the the episode doesn't right. end on
0: on Sam unless you count the cheesy voiceover of I love you Sam Oh, I man. love you God uh, God the voiceovers were not kind in this episode
2: <laughs> yeah it was little bit yeah.
0: cheesy yeah I still love yeah. the show though I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea <laughs> no
2: no no no. It, yes we yes we we, we tease with love uh, yeah and so and so yeah that's the fourth that's the fourth season it for is. me yeah leap back which they had to call the leap back because they had already used the leap
0: <laughs> <on>. <laughs> karen what are your final thoughts about the episode yeah.
1: um i think you know kind of like what i said at the beginning i i thought it was okay you know it was a decent episode it wasn't the you know the, the great episode that i remember um, you know watching twenty sure. years ago but uh so I probably, you know, it's funny when when we say like, "Would you, which ones would, would I rewatch now?" This, this probably would not be one. Whereas, you know, years ago I would have said, "Oh yeah, I definitely would rewatch this again." I probably won't rewatch yeah. it again <laughs> um, because, again, I mean, I really liked um, I thought Scott Bakula. I mean, I thought he was really funny. I thought most of the jokes landed and and were really funny. Um, Although, more, I think more of it was, I remember thinking they were funny. So that's why I think they're funny. But I still thought mm-hmm. it was funny. I mean, I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed his, um, you know, kind of, you know, jumping around with Al and, um, you know, the you know, revenge, you know, having revenge, being the hologram, stuff like that. So I still mm-hmm. did enjoy that. Um, but definitely not as, uh, not as uh, iconic as uh, I remember. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and there are certainly, Know, other ones that i would watch you know out of you know if i was trying to pick it you know if i wanted to watch an episode no i probably wouldn't be this one um there, there are definitely ones that i would pick again over over this one but still sure. yeah it was fine i did i did not not like yeah. it <laughs> just didn't like it as much as i did fast
0: yeah no I, I i would i would absolutely agree with that like well just everything you said wholesale i i, I don't um okay. I feel a little bad about that. <laughs> uh, and I think part of that is because the the novelty of the scenes at Project Quantum Leap um, I feel important in, in the context of the series, but I think that dramatically um, they don't necessarily carry the weight perhaps that they could have or, or um, that other episodes have without having... That benefit, you know, it, it's sort of like the idea of we're going to show you this really awesome, amazing secret thing that we've been telling you about for four years, and now you're finally going to get to see it. But that's that's really the draw, as opposed to telling a good story at the same time as doing that. And that's not to say that this is a bad story. It's just I feel like it could have it could have been more meaningful than it was, um, and so it's hard to to watch it now. And think of it as being, yeah, like a must-see episode, or this is going to be on my must-watch list. That said, you know, much in the same way as if I'm putting together a list of, like, these are the episodes you absolutely have to watch of Star Trek Deep Space Nine in order to understand the full storyline, and you can skip, you know, these, they're just filler or whatever, I think that this is an episode that gets included on that list, you know? Mm-hmm. Um yeah I agree but was also some of those episodes of DS9 that aren't that great either so <laughs> anyway Dennis what about you what are your final thoughts
2: uh very much the same yeah it's um it's an iconic episode for all the reasons I mean, even just for that very like the first scene just like of, of Al like running into the into yeah. the, the cannon and, and Sam walking through the cannon just like that moment uh there are moments like that in the episode. Uh, the mailbox scene, Sam running through the, the chamber door. A lot of great little moments, but there are so many missed opportunities mm-hmm. within... Uh, within, And especially, like... Uh, and I made this note that the acting in Shock Theater had been so raw mm-hmm. and naturalistic before what was going on in that. And the first half of this episode, it's the acting is so... Broad and over the top, like on this last rewatch, I almost thought, like, Oh, well, it takes place in the 1940s. Are they trying to emulate like a 1940s film right. style? I, mean, I think it goes in a weird way. And it, um, yeah, it's one of those things it's uh, I, I think it's essential for fans, but I would never sit someone down like, Hey, is your first episode of Quantum League? Right. They watch this uh, because I think, and we're, we're going to see this in the there are other episodes where they have scenes in the future where they they just they don't handle the future right, well right, right. on the show at all and uh, yeah and yeah those are those are my thoughts one last little tribute because I always love doing this the diner
0: scene yeah. same set as the bar in the final episode
1: I was gonna I was gonna ask yeah. eagle eye
0: Dennis once again coming through clutch
1: <laughs> pretty sure
2: um, and, and, you know, uh, and to touch back on, because this is all like, time travel to touch back on the reference, the timey-wimey, jammy-bear-me thing that I was talking about. <laughs> Sam, how much of The Good Place have you watched yet? Zero. All...
0: I've not seen any of it
2: yet. Zero. Oh, so, so in a recent episode, it's revealed that the timeline is not linear, but the timeline twists and curves and whatever. And so Ted Danson's character explains that the timeline actually looks like someone has written in cursive Jeremy bear Nice. <laughs> so within the Good Place, the Jeremy bear is very similar to how the Kindy Whiny is used. Nice, <laughs> nice. So, yeah. Instantly, uh, yeah. I,
0: well, um, I thank you for sharing that. I, I do intend on watching it at some point. Um, but as we come to the end of this episode, I said this last time around and I did not actually get to include it in last episode because of the cuts that needed to be made, but first of all karen thank you so so much for joining us
1: uh oh yes thanks uh, yeah and on your birthday (laughs) and and
0: and a happy birthday to you uh that that you chose to spend any time with us much less on your birthday we're very (laughs) grateful for um and one of the reasons why we're grateful for it is because dennis and i you know we kind of made a promise (laughs) from our first episode that we would have (laughs) listeners on as guests because we wanted to be interactive and uh it took us <laughs> it took us a while it took us uh, you know fifty episodes or so to get there but we we got there and we're and we're thrilled that you decided to join us for that um and you know we would love to have you back and we would love to have other listeners on as well um so thank you so very much and again, oh
1: you're welcome i love it i I like you know I, one of my
0: favorite shows, so I love. To Yay! Talk about it. <laughs> uh, and and again, I do I do want to say just because I, I felt like I didn't have the opportunity to offer an explanation either to our listeners or even to you, even though Dennis has said things prior, but but I felt bad having to you know cut the episode up and and not being able to include you. And again, it just became one of those things where we've got all this content we've got time we're 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 trying to figure out how we're going to schedule everything what we're going to do and we'd even talked about doing like one mega episode and it just it just in my brain at the time it made more sense to just do the work cut it and and throw it out Mm -hmm. there and hopefully it would work um so i appreciate your understanding i appreciate our listeners understanding and i apologize (laughs) that you ended up on the cutting room floor because i feel like I feel, like I, I feel like I've I feel like done something bad and I need to atone for it.
1: No, no, not at all, not at all. Hey, I got to talk about it, so that's, you know, that's, my, main, yeah. that's my main goal. And you yeah, contributed
0: to the texture, and obviously, like that's you said, right, you, wanted right. to, you wanted to do this one, so we made your, your wish come true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but again, thank you so much, and um, thank you everyone for listening. Um, Dennis, you got anything else? Uh, join us next week for Play, Play Ball. Ball, the
2: first
0: first regular episode proper of that's right season four. season four is going to take us on quite a journey there's a lot of it stuff is. Yeah, it's going to be interesting um, yeah
1: I think we talked about this last time I, I was looking through season four and it, it was it was amazing to me like I feel like there are such good episodes and again like similar to these two episodes I, you know, I've watched over and over and over again, and then there are other ones that I feel like just yeah. horrible. So like, so interesting. It was like such an up and down for me um, roller coaster on the episodes that I really love, and then the other ones that like oh, that was in this season. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. It's
2: gonna yeah, be yeah, nice.
0: <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well, thank um, you for joining us. We'll have to have you. Yeah, don't on don't, be and, yeah, be, the, don't be a stranger. Don't be a stranger. Uh, the the 40 or so more episodes enjoy the rest of your birthday thank you again and uh, we're going to leap out of here so uh, until next time for Play Ball um, this is Sam Dennis and Karen uh, saying uh, we will see you next week well Dennis and I will anyway Uh, but in the meantime everybody take care of each other have a wonderful weekend and thank you so much for listening
2: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed what you've heard or have any questions or comments, don't be shy. Reach out to us online at FWWQuantumLeapPod.com or Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Fates Wide Wheel. And remember to hit the subscribe button and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you may be listening. Until next time.